All right. So our first question that we want to just think through as we think about prayer tonight, and I think this is a kind of interesting conversation based on our, our, the sermon that Pastor Matt actually preached this morning. Um, but how is prayer similar to, or it's like a conversation between two friends? And then how is it unlike a conversation between two friends? If you want to just tackle one of those questions, great. If you want to like compare and contrast simultaneously as you give an answer to that, that's fine too. But how would you talk about like, how is it like a conversation between two friends, but it's not like that? What would you say? All right. I just think that's a good question just to think through. I'm not like, there's no real big takeaway from that, but just to think through that in some ways it is kind of like talking to a friend, but in other ways um, it's not. Uh, RC, you want to go to the next slide mm -hmm. there? We are going to jump into, I want you to grab a, grab a Bible and we're going to take a look uh, multiple times or different, two different times tonight at Matthew chapter six. And so um, this is the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus gives some instructions on prayer in there that we want to, uh, to just take a look at. And so we're going to just, um, not, this is not meant to be an earth shattering passage, but we're just going, I want to just read these two verses and then try to summarize what is Jesus saying about prayer through these two verses. So here's what Matthew 6, 5, and 6 says. It says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So let's just stop there. When you think about what Jesus, like if you had to try to summarize briefly, what is Jesus trying to communicate to us in those two verses in regards to prayer? How would you summarize those two verses? We have this, this idea that Jesus, uh, that the book that we are kind of basing this class off of, Habits of Grace, talks about what's called closet prayers. It's, I mean, and Jesus refers to a go and uh, get into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. Uh, this idea of closet prayers, right? So take a look at this next quote here. Um, it's from Tim Keller, and it says this. The infallible test of spiritual integrity, Jesus says, is your private prayer life. And by the way, I'll just throw this out there. Like as I read this quote, this is very challenging to me when I read this. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. And I think you'll probably feel the same weight of this quote. But it says, many people will pray when they are required by cultural or social expectations, or perhaps by the anxiety caused by troubling circumstances. Those with a genuinely lived relationship with God as Father, however, will inwardly want to pray and therefore will pray, even though nothing on the outside is pressing them to do so. They pursue it even during times of spiritual dryness when there is no social or experiential payoff. And so there's this idea like that first, that first line there, the infallible test of spiritual integrity, Jesus says, is your private prayer life. I just think that's a, that's a weighty sentence, but that's what Jesus is communicating that we are not, we're not praying uh, in public to be seen. We're praying, but he says, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father. And, and this idea that, you know, if this is what, you know, Jesus is asking us to do, we want to do this well. And we want to be, um, students of prayer and ones who um yeah that do it well i guess is all i'm trying to say so the goal of tonight is just to figure out how can we do a better job in our personal prayer life so why don't you go to the next slide rc 
the, there were three suggestions from the book, and we're going to kind of jump into this bottom one then here in a moment. But the three suggestions from the book, which are going to feel in, in at least the first one, I think feels very similar to what we talked about when we talked about reading the Bible, like create your closet. And what we mean by that is, I mean, I guess if you want to use a closet, go for it, right? But there's something to be said about habits, right? If you're not intentional, it's not going to happen naturally. So figuring out what does your closet look like? Where can you, uh, where can you consistently go to make a point uh, to be con uh, consistent in your prayer time with God? I found it interesting last week when we were talking, like Morgan said, hey, when I get in the car, like that's a great time for me uh, to, to be able to pray. And so your closet doesn't have to be somewhere in your house. It can be just some sort of a consistent part of your daily routine where prayer is a natural opportunity uh, to be able to fit that in. So thinking through your day, because um, I know for me, like it's true for anything. If you don't make time for something, you're not going to, it's not going to magically pop up the time. So being, uh, taking the time to find your closet, create your closet. The second one is a suggestion to begin with the Bible. That one of the things that nobody said about how is it prayer not like talking to a friend is, you know, your friend usually, and this is kind of what Morgan, I guess, was kind of saying, like your friend immediately responds back to you. At least you can read body language. And well, prayer is not like that, right? So I'm uh, I'm not able to just see God's body language as I'm praying. I'm not able to hear directly back from him but God does give us his word. And so starting with the Bible uh, and being able to use that as a, uh, as a reminder that these are, these are God's words to me as I think about praying back to him. And so I love the, I think it's may have said this directly in our book, but prayer is a conversation we didn't start. So it's best to just respond. So reading God's word um, as part of, or, you know, right before you're praying. And then there's this last acronym here called ACTS, A-C-T-S, which stands for adore, uh, confess, thank, and supplicate. So it's just a way to kind of organize your thoughts a little bit as you think about, uh, as you think about prayer. And what we want to do tonight is we're going to kind of take a little bit of time and look through this adore, confess, thank, and supplicate and see how does this kind of flesh, uh, flesh itself out a little bit. So with that in mind, let's go back to Matthew chapter six. And right after what we just read, uh, RC, you can go to the next slide there, is going to be the Lord's prayer. And what I want to do is, I mean, you've probably could we could probably recite this together though it's very challenging to do over uh zoom i don't know if you've have you, any of you tried to do like a happy birthday singing over zoom it doesn't <laughs> go well uh i don't know if you've tried that over the last couple months we've tried it twice and it's just a disaster uh <laughs> so we could try that but i don't think we need to so let's read the lord's prayer this is going to be um matthew 6 9 to 13 and what i want you to uh think through as we're reading this is yeah you know this you know but like how do you see that idea of uh, adoration, um, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication in these verses uh, as we read them? So um, here's what it says, starting in verse, uh, in verse 9. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So what I want you to think through, like I said, is like, where do you see, RC, I think you can go to the next slide here. Where do you see those four words, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, that acronym ACTS, within the Lord's Prayer? So you can pick any one you would like. Say, hey, I see this phrase in the Lord's Prayer. That makes me think of confession or whatever it would be. Where do you see 
those aspects in the Lord's Prayer. I think the only one you don't clearly just see right there is Thanksgiving within there. You're going to see in a moment here, scripture is pretty clear that Thanksgiving is something that we need to be students of as well. But I, I just want you to see like in Jesus is very short. I mean, and right before this, Jesus said, don't use many words to, to, you know, when you pray. And then he says, this is how you ought to pray. And he does the Lord's prayer. Like it's pretty clear in his very short prayer. You see a lot of these aspects here that I think, I think we'd all agree, like think through like, yeah, these are good things. But I know for me, my temptation is to jump straight into supplications. Like, yeah, God, thanks for today. Okay. And here's the things that I need that are heavy on my heart today. And so I jump straight a lot of times to the last part and I'm slow or I don't often take the time to work my way uh, to that point. So I want to just briefly talk through each one of these, uh, these things and kind of, uh, and then we'll kind of go from there. So uh, I go to that next slide. So there's actually, again, you can go to the next one after that. So adoration, uh, this is a quote from C.S. Lewis that I'll just read here and I'll give a suggestion in regards to adoration. It says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. And I love that first line. And I just want to pause there for a second. Like, think about it. Like, think about something that you just absolutely loved. It, it could be a great movie. It could be a great meal, great vacation, great. Pick anything that you absolutely loved or was great. Like, the temptation, not the temptation, the natural outworking of that moment is that you want to tell somebody about it, right? So it's not just that, yeah, I went on vacation, but hey, I want to share these pictures on social media. I want to tell this person how great my experience was. Well, not because you're bragging to them, because it, it fulfills your experience to be able to tell somebody how great something was. I'll keep reading there in the quote. It's not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. This is so even when our expressions are inadequate, as of course they usually are. But how if one could really and fully praise even such things to perfection, utterly get out in poetry or music or paint or the upsurge of appreciation, which almost bursts you, then indeed the object would be fully appreciated and our delight would have attained perfect development. This idea that our, our joy in Christ, our joy in God is only complete when it's actually expressed. And so what a perfect opportunity to be able to ascribe that uh, back to God. A suggestion that actually came from Pastor Matt, you can go to the next slide, RC, is to take the, there's normal, like 30, 28, 30, 31 days in a month and to, and to take whatever quality. So today is the 26th. And so to, to look at number 26, say, hey, God, I want to, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to adore you for the fact that you are a triune God. And I don't fully understand what that always means and how that all fits together. But God, like how amazing that in your you know, out of your unity as a being that you overflowed onto creation and that just praising him for each aspect of the Trinity and just taking a moment instead of like, cause it can feel like overwhelming. Like, how do I adore God? Like every day, like, but to pick one of these things, I think it's easy just to use the day of the month um, and just use this as something to praise God for an attribute that he has uh, that we can, we can be thankful for. So that's just an idea of a way that you can shape your thoughts uh, around adoration. Okay, so next after uh, the A is C, confession. So confession is, you know, adoration is more upward prayer. Confession is uh, more of an inward prayer. It's confessing our sin to God. Um, and we need a constant reminder, uh, I do, of the weight of my sin. And I love this uh, Psalm 32, one through five. And this is David. He says this, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. 
Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through, all, through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your, heavy was, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. I love that middle uh, phrase or the middle couple sentences there that David says, you think about David, right? So you know the sins that he had committed that he tried to keep silent about for a time. And he says, for when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long, day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Now we know the heat of summer, right? Like we are experiencing that in a major way right now. And like just this picture of, you know, and I, I think you've probably all experienced it too, where you're holding on to something that's really heavy and challenging that you can literally feel it in your body, the, the, your bones wasting away, that your strength being dried up. And David is saying how beautiful it is for me to be able to confess my sin uh, to God and, and know and experience the forgiveness of that sin. And so there's just this element of saying, we want to come clean before God. We want to confess before God, whatever those things are that are between us and him and be able to clear, uh, to clear that out. And just, and, and you read that top verse, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Like David saying, the relief that you experience from that confession is beautiful. And so I just love, I often use that, that middle, I forget, I don't, it's probably verses like three and four of that Psalm. Like whenever, if I talk to a student, or I'm trying to share the gospel with someone, they're talking about the weight of whatever that they're carrying. I often run to this and say, yeah, the Bible would say that your bones are wasting away as you do this, just to get people to help to experience what, what they're, to put some words to what they're feeling. But then I love just how David says, but I acknowledged it and you forgave it. And so just that element um, of confession. So let's go to the next one, which is Thanksgiving. Um, so Thanksgiving is an easy, I mean, we know what Thanksgiving is, being thankful. But First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So I think it's, it's clear that it makes sense that we want to be thankful to God for all that he has done. And I think, you know, you think about, we just went from confession to Thanksgiving. It makes sense to say, okay, God, I'm thankful for the grace and the forgiveness uh, that you've shown to me in what I was even just just uh, praying about. And then you think about, you know, as we, our next one is going to be supplication, the idea that we are thanking God for things that he's done and ways that he's answered your prayers in the past. And um, yeah, Thanksgiving can, uh, fits into there. And then the last one, like I said, is, is supplication. We used this quote last week and I just want to look at it again. And then we're going to take some time and think about supplication and what do we pray for? So this was our part of our quote from last week from John Piper. It says, it is not wrong to want God's gifts and ask them. Most prayers in the Bible are for the gifts of God, but ultimately every gift should be desired because it shows us and brings us more of him. When this world totally fails, the ground for joy remains God. Therefore, surely every prayer for life and health and home and family and job and ministry in this world is secondary. And the great purpose of prayer is to ask that in and through all his gifts, God would be our joy. And so supplication is where we come to God and we ask him and we lay before him the things that are heavy on our heart. But what I want to take a moment to think about is like this, in this context of in, through, in and through all his gifts that God would be our joy. Like what does that, uh, what does that look like? So 
what time is it? 9.01, perfect. Okay, so what I wanna do is, can you go to the next slide there, RC? Is, actually keep going, we're gonna skip that question, I think. But we will, I wanna take a look at um, a couple of these, and I'm not sure how many we'll actually get through. We're gonna look in scripture, and we're gonna see, these are four different, actually three different letters, because Ephesians is in here twice, but three different letters that Paul wrote to churches, and in those letters, he was praying for the churches. And I just wanna take a moment and look at what did he pray for, um, like, what was he specifically, when we think about supplication and asking things of God, what did Paul feel like it was important to ask of God as he prayed for these three churches, or the, yeah, these three churches? So let's take a look together. The, uh, the scripture will actually be on the screen. You're certainly welcome to turn there uh, as well. But let's take a look at that first one, Ephesians 1, 17 uh, to 21. And again, this is a prayer that Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus. It says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places." far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. So I'll just pause there for a second. When you look at what Paul prayed for here, okay, what are some of the key elements or key things that you see that Paul was, uh, felt like it was important to pray for? And again, it's not something crazy deep, but just like different things, different words, phrases that stick out to you as these, this is what Paul was praying for, or just a general summary even. Yeah, it's interesting, like you look at the middle of verse 18, it says that you may know, and then there's just this like, Paul sometimes writes in very complicated sentences, right? But that you may know, what is the hope? And then keep going. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance? And keep going. What is the immeasurable greatness of his power? You know, according to his, uh, the working of his great might. So, like there's just this picture of, he wants them, you, he's, he's praying that they would know God and the, the immensity and the incredibleness and the, uh, the greatness of who he is, right? That's what his prayer is. Let's go to the next one. We're going to do kind of the same exercise here uh, with the next one. Philippians, this is now the same idea. It's interesting that all of these happen in chapter one, or at least most of these do. Like Paul opens his letter and he prays uh, for the churches. So Philippians 1, 9 through 11 says this, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So with this one, do you see any, like, are there any things that you see that are similar to what we just talked about? Are there anything you'd want to add to this in comparison to our Ephesians passage? Anything you see here? I love that phrase that your love may abound more and more. It's not that your love may abound, but it's, it's not just your love may abound more, but it's your love may abound more and more like this overflowing of who you are, um, you know, that, Lauren, as you just said, like, it's as a result of knowing Christ, like, that's the result uh, that your love may abound. Just love that phrase. 
All right, let's do, let's just do one more, uh, the Colossians passage. This is uh, when we've had our kids dedicated at church. This is the verse, the, the verses that we have used. It's, we have a big, huge um, sign of this on our, uh, on our youngest's wall. Uh, so I really love these verses. So Colossians 1, 9 through 12 says this. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might for all endurance with, and patience with joy, giving thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So anything, same idea there, anything that you see that's kind of matches what we've already done, anything that's maybe an addition that you see here, any thoughts here, Colossians? I found this interesting, I think through this in light of Pastor Matt's series, this idea of uh, knowing and not just in a head knowledge way, but in a way that affects, uh, that was a big thing that he talked about a lot early in the, his series over the summer that, about knowing these things about God. All right. So I want to just, um, I want you just to think for a second. Um, I know for me, when when things are challenging in my life, I'm usually very quick to pray for God to resolve it, right? Like, God, I want you to take care of this situation. Um, and as we read through these passages, well, actually, let me also say this. I also know that for me, probably the times that I have grown most in my life are through the times that have been the most challenging. And I think that's a pretty standard thing that people would would probably be able to say and like i've heard you know plenty of people share testimonies of their own life and i think almost everybody come would say like yeah it was these moments that have defined who i am they're the they're the challenging moments that god has brought me through and he's you know shown me more who he is through these challenging moments and it's brought me to where i am today and then i think about my own prayer life and i think how quick am i to try to pray away those things that are often so challenging in my life. And then you read this passage in Colossians one that says for all endurance and patience with joy, right? Like there's this picture of in the trial, it doesn't say like, it's not like Paul's praying, like God take away the trial. He's saying in the midst of it, that you would have endurance and patience with joy, um, that you'd be strengthened in the midst of it. Um, and so often I know for me that when I'm praying, I'm asking for God to take away the discomforts that I face and I'm often, that would mean then that I'm often praying that the exact things that uh, are molding me and shaping me into who God wants me to be, I'm asking him to take away. And it's interesting, just as you read Paul's writings, it's, it's pretty clear that of what he's praying for. He's not praying for like these specific little, he's praying big picture, that they would know God, that they would um, be satisfied in him, that they'd be strengthened by him, that they'd be, uh, that he would give them the wisdom to act in these certain situations. And so I say all that just to say, because I know for me, I need to a lot of times reevaluate the things that I pray for. Because sometimes I treat God like the cosmic vending machine. I think we've used that example before, this idea that, well, if I just, you know, put some time in and push the button, then I'm going to get what I want. That I like, But no, we want to be people who say, God, we want to be within what you want us uh, here. And we want to ask in, the, in your will. And we want to, um, 
yeah, just this idea of not praying against the challenging things that God uh, has for us. So with that in mind, I want you to go one more slide here. We have actually, yeah, sorry. There we go. Yeah. Back one, second Corinthians. So Paul actually in his life, he did experience some tr many trials actually, but I'm thinking of one in particular where he, this thorn in the flesh where Paul, you're going to see here in a second, he did pray that it would be taken from him. And basically God's going to say, no, this is where I want you. And in this, um, well, maybe I'm, I'm like spoiling it. Maybe I should just read it here. Uh, so let me just read here. So second Corinthians 12, seven to 10 says this. So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so kind of the thought that I want to leave you with so tonight. So we have this idea of acts, right? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. To me, I'm not necessarily great at going, thinking through like adoration. Like I said, I'm usually quick to jump down to supplication. So I want you to, yeah, I want you to take away here tonight to be, yeah, I want to adore and I want to confess and I want to be thankful to God and think through some of those things. But I also want your takeaway to be like, what do I pray for? Um, and so part of the uh, the homework for this week, I guess you can go to the next slide and then I'll kind of come back to that slide maybe, uh, is to think, and you could certainly write this down or just think through what are some of the most pressing things that you pray for? Like what are the things that you spend the most of your time concerned about that lead you to, to prayer? And in light of what we're thinking about and how Paul prayed and what he prayed for and that he, in the example that we just looked at in Second Corinthians, that he prayed that God would take away this thorn in the flesh. And God said, no, he said, my, my power is, uh, can you go back to the slide just real fast there, RC? I don't want to botch the exact, my grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect in weakness. Like maybe there's times in our life that God's saying, no, I have you in this season because I'm molding and shaping. I'm using you in this season in the way that you are, uh, in the place that you are. Like we don't want to pray those things away. So asking God, and I just want you to think through, I guess all it really is, is just thinking through what do you pray for and how do you pray? And how are you, are you praying for that knowledge and that wisdom and that understanding that you might have endurance and joy and patience and all of those things? Or do you do what I do a lot of times? It's like, okay, God, I need you to fix this situation. Um, Cause I think it's pretty clear as we study from the Lord's prayer to what Paul prayed for to even this example of Paul and how he prayed in a uh, time of challenge that God's grace is sufficient in the challenges. And we want to, to represent him well uh, and learn and grow through all of these, uh, all these things, no matter what, what the situation would be. So I just encourage you to think through some things that you pray for and how you can maybe alternate or alt not alternate, um, change them to maybe match uh, how Paul and Christ has asked us to pray. All right. Um, am I missing anything, RC? Uh, just one other thing to add in. Um, we will uh, try, attempt to move together through Colossians for the next chunk. We'll do two verses six up to 15 for this All right. week. All right, let me pray. And then uh, we'll call tonight here. So 
God, we thank you uh, for tonight. We're thankful for the ways that, uh, that you've given us the ability to meet together. Um, you know, it's just amazing to think that the technology that goes in that even 15 years ago, I feel like probably would have been impossible to do something like this, but here we are and the ability to do this. And so we're thankful uh, for that. God, we want to be people who, uh, people of prayer. We want to, and we want to do it well. God, we want to, uh, we want to know you and understand you. And one of the ways that, that you've done that is through your word, but also in our own times that we can spend with you in prayer. So God, I pray this week as we think through our prayer life, God, we want to do it well. And so God, may you just challenge us in, in the ways that we pray and how we pray and what we pray for. God, may we be uh, people who want to you to be honored and glorified, um, even as that last passage was just talking about, that we want to walk in a, in a manner that's worthy of you. And so whatever that looks like, and that might involve challenges in our life, it might involve hardships in our life. God, we want uh, to be people who, who grow in our, our knowledge and understanding of you, and may that influence how we live. And so, God, I pray that you would just challenge us as we think through the things that we pray for this week, how we can pray for them in light of, um, in light of what we've talked about tonight. Uh, God, we're thankful for your word that we were able to look at multiple times tonight to get to know who you are as you've revealed yourself to us with, with the scriptures. And so, God, I pray for, um, as we go from here, that you would uh, just empower us this week, uh, even as that last phrase is kind of sticking with me here, that endurance with patience and joy. And even think of the stewards right now, who that's just kind of ironic because I think I'd be annoyed right now if I was, my power went out, but there would be endurance with patience and joy, uh, even for them in the midst of this frustrating time, I'm sure. So God, we're thankful. Uh, we love you. Thankful for a good evening together and pray for your blessing on our week ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.